0: Welcome to The Art of Medicine. I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner, author of The Locum Life, a physician's guide to locum tenens. To practice the art of medicine, physicians strive to develop their highest level of knowledge, ethics, and clinical expertise. But in order to practice the art of medicine, there are more mundane considerations. One of them is paying the bills and part of that is paying taxes. So today I have a special guest, Ben Nanny. Ben is a CPA and CFP and is joining us today to help us in particular talk about how locum tenants physicians can manage their taxes and uh, improve their financial condition. Uh, Welcome, Ben.
1: Hey, Thanks. Glad to be here.
0: Ben, so let me ask you just first, your your initials at the end of your signature, CPA, CFP, what's all that about?
1: Yeah, so the CPA is, is more well-known. It's a certified public accountant. And of course, that's just licensed by the state that you operate out of. Um, and those are, people are more focused on the tax side of things. And the CFP is more a certified financial planner. And so those are the guys that focus more um, on the on the, the, the investments, the retirement planning, the insurance side of things. So they're less focused on taxes and more on everything else.
0: Now, I've heard people talk about um, a wealth management. A wealth yeah. ma- is, that, is that the same thing?
1: That's a good question. So, I mean, it goes by different terms. And truthfully, it, it doesn't really, wealth management, financial planning, it, it all can mean the same thing, but it really comes down specifically to that firm that you're working with. You know, in my mind, true wealth management should be holistic, And so that just means that they're looking at every aspect of your financial life. They're looking at your taxes. They're looking at your estate planning. They're looking at your insurance, your investments. And they're trying to coordinate all that together into one direction to try to get you where you want to go, which for many people, many doctors is, you know, not working at 85 years old.
0: Right. Well, I think retirement should be elective. Right, yeah, so that's, that's a different uh, yes, we've talked about uh, that before <laughs> in the financial independence community. Yes, you, know, you should retire when you want to retire, not yes. working an extra 10 years because you have to. And if you want to early retire, well, then fine. But if you want to practice for the love of it, that should be an option too. And absolutely, I think,
1: I think absolutely, that's where
0: guys like you uh, come in uh, handy because uh, it does seem to be. I just put all the documents together for, for my taxes for 2020. And just just collecting all the random uh, documents that all have meaningless designations to me. <laughs> they have numbers we got to fill out this form and there's a 1099 and a 1099 R. Yes. And it's like, well, of course there are W-2s. So just putting it all together. And not even understanding any of it is already a big job. And even knowing what to put. So you would help uh, physicians with that, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I generally lead with the tax side because I found that most physicians that I personally work with, um, to a person, they almost all want help on the tax side. And then on the financial planning side, they may or may not want any help. Sometimes I've worked with some physicians I have clients now, where we we help them with their taxes, but on the financial planning side, they feel comfortable doing that on their own. So I generally lead with the taxes and if they want extra help, then I can provide that also.
0: Well, I think the reason for that is uh, you have to pay your taxes. Exactly right. But but you don't have to plan, do financial planning.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's a very nice way. And it's true. Yeah, taxes are deadline driven. Yeah, somebody's going to come knock at your door if you don't pay the taxes. So yeah, I think that's very true.
0: So that's now you have a special interest in locum tenants positions. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, I think it started. So I worked with a prior firm, Fox Financial Um Planning, and then also Fox CPAs. And so through that, I was just exposed to some locum's doctors. And I think what I just found interesting about them was that they they are unique among doctors just because they're contractors. And because they're contractors, they're basically small business owners. And so their tax situation is Almost always more complex. A lot of times they're working in different states. They've got to do with their own retirement plan. And so, because of that, I just felt like there was a unique set of needs that they had um, that I felt like I could meet. And then also, um, I just came from a family of self employed people. I'm self employed myself. So, just the idea of the locum's life, I feel like at a deep level that resonates with me. I understand why they're doing it. The independence is very nice.
0: Well, as of 2016 more than half of physicians are employed and an employed physician uh i i have an employed position now i get a a paycheck and all of the deductions are taken out automatically and i get a deposit in my bank and at the end of the year there's this form and it says this is what you need to do and you get that and that's it But if you're self-employed, because I'm I'm also self-employed with a separate business of uh, writing and locum tenens and consulting, and that seems to be a whole other ball of wax. So it is, um, and it is. So tell me, what are the considerations, obligations, benefits? Why would I even want to be self-employed if I already have? Uh, and other W-2 employment. What, what would the point of that be?
1: Yeah, and I think it depends on the situation, but I think for many locums, everything that I've seen, they generally get paid more, for one, for one thing. And then two, they've got flexibility. Because you take a contract for six months, I just spoke with a guy this week, and he, he generally works the hardest, I believe around um, the fall and spring, he said, and then winter and summer, he works very, very light to be at home with his family. But because he's, he can take contracts, he can kind of he can schedule that time off. Versus when you're employed, from the stories I hear as an employed physician, it's hard to get vacation time, especially extended vacation time. So I think it's a combination of the flexibility and also in many cases, if if it's the right contract, I think you make more money.
0: Yes, well, in fact, when in early in my career, when I was just a regular employed physician, uh, Carolina Neurological for eight years. I remember I wanted to take a, an extended vacation, which was two weeks, and uh, actually 17 days, I remember, and I had to schedule it six months in advance, because I had yes. clinics, and so and then, and then as a locum tenens physician, I would end up taking three or four months pretty much at will, which yes. allowed me to uh, really uh, broaden my horizons in terms of travel and give me time for writing. Uh now what about uh say find the financial advantages of being so self- you said you get sure. paid more but sure. what about in terms of re- uh business expenses or retirement is, sure. is there any difference than if I was just an employed physician
1: Yeah, yeah, quite a few differences actually. Um so the first thing just business expenses as a whole um, as of 2018, when the new tax loss came into effect, it took away an employee's uh, opportunity to deduct any type of expenses. So whereas before you might have been able to take some expenses for medical training or for some travel, you can't do that anymore if you're in an employee position. It's completely off the table. And you compare that to your self-employed position, you're a business owner, and so you have all of the options to, to deduct expenses. So that can include travel, it can include cell phone expenses, it can include a home office, it can include a new deduction that's called the Qualified Business Income Deduction, which is a really big word, really big acronym, but it, it's QBID, and it basically means in the right circumstance, you can exclude up to 20% of your income. Um, and so that's a huge advantage that was, again, part of this new tax law that came into effect in 2018. And so it, it's almost night and day as far as expense that you can that you can count as an employee versus being self-employed. As far as retirement, that's another big advantage you have just because you have flexibility. And so I think about, you know, if you're an employed physician, you're, you're offered whatever your employer has. So if you've got a 401k, there's two parts to that 401k. There's what you can contribute as an employee and there's what the employer can put in. So you have control over what you put in. For 2020, it's up to 19,500. Um, but the employer side, maybe it's a 3% match, maybe it's a 6% match. But you have no say in that, it's just set in stone. Um, when you're self-employed, you're the employee and the employer, so you play both sides. And so in that same example, if you set up what's known as a solo 401k, you can contribute that full 19,500 as, as an employee, but also because you're the employer, you can match up to 20% of your pay effectively. And so instead of 19,500, you could put in a total of up to 57,000 for that same year. So that's one huge advantage. You can put in more money. And then the second advantage, I think, of having flexibility is that you get to choose who your, your 401k plan would be with. You know, as an employee, um, whoever your employer decides manages your 401k, you're kind of stuck with it. And sometimes those options are really good, and sometimes they're really expensive options that have high fees, and you're kind of stuck with that. And what, what can happen long term with high fees is it kind of eats away in your investment returns. And so long term, you've got a, a smaller pot of money at the end of the day. Um, If you've got the flexibility to choose, um, and again, I don't have any relationship with them, but let's say a Vanguard, Vanguard, they're known for good service and low fees. You know, over the course of a 20 or 30 year career, that could save you thousands of dollars just in investment returns. You wouldn't have to pay in fees. And so to me, those two things, being able to contribute more and then also having control over keeping your investment expenses lower, um, those are two huge advantages of being self employed.
0: Uh, I'll just give a specific example. Uh, in yeah. my case, at, from the self-employed side, I usually end up buying a computer pretty much every year or yeah. every couple of years, and it's a $3,000 expense. Yes. I may be doing this wrong, but it's my understanding that uh, here in my uh, lush uh, home office, uh, that that $3,000 is a business expense, yes. which means that uh, it it saves me, um, that's, uh, I guess, uh, pre-tax dollars, right?
1: Yes. That that would be a good way to phrase it. Yes.
0: So at a tax uh, rate of 30%, that's saving me a thousand dollars that if I didn't have my extra business, uh, and I, I'm working at the hospital, I've got my normal paycheck. If I buy a computer, it's with my own money, my post-tax money. So, uh, even if I don't earn that much in my, own business, uh, the ability to uh, extract really expenses that I don't have a lot of discretion about. Like gonna, I need a computer, right? So right. Uh, it makes it really worthwhile to pursue these uh, extra employment opportunities.
1: Absolutely. That's a great example. But yeah, and, and by the way, you're doing it right.
0: Oh, that's...
1: <laughs> if that's worth anything.
0: No <laughs> knocks on the door. Good, good. <laughs> Ben, this has really been great. I, I can see that you have a lot to offer uh, physicians who uh, are working hard and maybe considering being self-employed locum tenens or consulting or some other uh, position. If, if a physician wanted to contact you, what would be the best
1: way? Sure. So they could find out more about me just through my website. It's uh, crossroadsfinancialconsulting.com. Or you could just call me directly. My number is 731-695-7005, and I'd be happy to talk.
0: Oh, that's great. Ben, I want to thank you very much for joining me today on The Art of Medicine. It's been enlightening
1: and enjoyable. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Thank you.